justice for one and justice for all. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's what's the word entertainment. You got Sherman Obed here once again, dude. We got some big, big uh, news happening in the world these past this, what this past what 24 or 40, 48 hours, something like that. Obed, man, yep. but yeah, but, well, we, we're gonna get to that in a second. Just let me just first start off by saying what was good with you, homie. How how you been? What's, what, how's the life treating you out there in DC? Another beautiful day in the neighborhood, man. I, I did you know, things are percolating you know they've got the leaves are flourishing plants are flourishing the the bees and birds are, are trying to make babies i don't know what's going on man it's just, <laughs> it is it is springtime it's springtime in dc <laughs> yeah man, i feel you dude it's you know i was it was just starting to get warm out now it's getting cold again dude I'm ready for that summertime weather, dude. Shorts and t-shirts all day long. What's good? Yo, let's go. I need a uh, summertime. Are we at it again? So I went to VA and got my friends, you know, I'm trying Ooh. to see what's up with Pharrell. Yeah, let's. <laughs> uh, Philly, man, let's get into it, dude. Of course, as I was kind of relating to before, big news came out yesterday in the George Floyd case that former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all three charges. Wow, this is monumental news. <laughs> monumental breaking news yesterday coming from uh the state of minnesota that he was found guilty in all three charges of guilty of second degree unintentional murder third degree murder and second degree manslaughter uh man the jury met for like what just over two days if i'm not mistaken and now he's this guy's facing like a, a maximum term of a total of like 75 years it's, I gotta say, you know, this is definitely a, a case where the whole world was watching, the whole world was involved, um, you know, ever since last May when this, ha when this horrific thing happened to, the, to, the, to George Floyd, his, his family and, and things like that, you know, it's been all around the sports world for sure. Obed, let me just get your, what, what was your initial reaction when you heard the news and what do you think this, this does for, I guess, so, you know, social injustice, and especially, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter, more importantly, in America? Uh, I can just say for myself that I was shocked and amazed because far too many times, generally, they'll have this individual write a letter that said, yes, I did it, and he'll still get off. Mm. Um, and so, you know, this is one of the first times that I can remember, you know, specifically, obviously, this is the first time in uh, Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis law history or Jewish or ju judicial history mm -hmm. that they have convicted a police officer for the killing of an African-American or just killing of a, of a, um, an individual on the job. Uh, it's, it says a lot. I think it says a lot about, um, the kind of direction, at least some parts of the country want to proceed in. Um, but yeah, it was dope. I just, I hope that yeah. he meets the, the, the booty warrior. <laughs> Dude's going to be, got to be careful when he's dropping the soap. I mean, here's the thing, dude. I was almost, I was shocked, but not also at the same time. Because I mean, there was just so much overwhelming evidence and clear cut, the intent was there. But I, I said it before the verdict came out. I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way. Just look at the history we've done, you know, with Trayvon Martin, excuse me, and, and other cases that happened, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if it went the other way. I know, um, you know, it does seem like justice has prevailed. Now, this is just the first of many. This is just the beginning. You know, we, you know, they'll continue to, you know, uh, continue with the initiatives and with the pro peaceful protests. Hopefully, hopefully, all peaceful. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is just, you know, this is what we've been asking for: some sort of sense of accountability 
Because, dude, I mean, when you're kneeling on a dude's neck for over almost nine minutes and you're saying he can't breathe, and, and I believe he was handcuffed at that point, too. It's like, dude, where is he going? What are you doing? You got, like, several officers around him. Like, come on. At, at some point, enough has to be enough. And I think this is the start of, of that, Obed. Um, I mean, it just – it's, it was a, it was a it was a good day. I'll say it, it was a good day, right? Definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Yep, yep. Well, let's keep it moving, Obed. Uh, let's get back into the sports news. Um, talk quickly on the NBA before we get into the NFL. Um, we talked about I think last week uh, Lamarcus Aldridge going to the Brooklyn Nets. You know, having this All Star lineup. Then all of a sudden, a few days later, he retires due to an irregular heartbeat found. That's just wild and crazy news um, because we were saying the Nets are going to just be running through the Eastern Conference with Aldridge and Griffin, Harden, KD, and Kyrie, and all that. Now they don't go up, but this, the team is still stacked either way. The team is still stacked, but it's an unfortunate news for LaMarcus Aldridge. He forcing him to retire due to this health issue. Um, but, I mean, I think it's still – the Nets are still going to be the favorite in the East, no matter – even if he's there or not, whether he's you know not there, right? Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to put it on two players, but it looks like uh, Kevin Durant has come back and made quite the recovery from his uh, Achilles injury that he had. Um, and they're just getting great minutes out of James Harden. Uh, and if when Kyrie is there and when Kyrie is in heads is in the game, Kyrie <laughs> is an unsolvable force. So, you know, hard not to pick them as the as the favorite icon out of the East. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yep. Other news, Dwayne Wade, just quickly wanted to mention this, Dwayne Wade, a it looks like he bought a part ownership in the Utah Jazz. I, I thought those was just kind of random. That's why I wanted to just bring it up quickly. Like, I mean, the U, Utah is, a, is a definitely a good squad um, with, you know, with the likes of Donovan Mitchell, you know, running that team, you know, Rudy Gobert and such. I just thought it was kind of random. Like, why Utah all of a sudden? It's just because that was just the only opportunity. I'm just surprised he didn't go after somebody like, obviously, his former team in the Miami Heat, try to do something like that, you know. I always just find it kind of odd that, when they, when former players go after, you know, try to become an owner, they just pick a random squad. And, you know, I mean, great. Now opportunity have to present itself. I get that. Don't get me wrong. hundred percent. I get that. And this could be the case that the opportunity just presented itself. They approached them, whatever. So, I mean, albeit, you know, I'm just, just thought it was just, it's just interesting. Right. Um, I think this happens a lot in international rules uh, football where a person, you know, is born into a family that follows a team, grows up loving that team, maybe even is from that hometown, goes to their academy practices and plays with that, uh, that their youth organization. And then when he actually gets signed, he doesn't move up to the first team. He goes and plays in another country, becomes a star there. And then eventually when he gets a chance to, he comes back. So maybe he's going to go sharpen his teeth not bomb out of the, his job the first time he's getting this role and wants to like, when he does show up and he is in the front office for the Miami uh, heat, he's actually effective. He's not hurting the organization. He's not in over okay. his head, which okay. a lot of other guys have been coming out of the gate. Just kind of make, getting that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Um, I thought there was some, some dope news to kind of share that Michael Jordan will be presenting Kobe Bryant. Uh, at the Hall of Fame ceremony later this year. Obviously, he was elected in the 2020 class, but due to COVID, uh, they didn't have the ceremony last year. Uh, and this class is just obviously filled with filled with uh, with greats, like Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett. Um, but yeah, I, thought, I just thought that this was just dope, that Kobe is going to be represented by Michael Jordan, uh, obviously, posthumously, of course. Um, but man, I just thought this was cool as hell. I'm actually looking forward to what Jordan's going to have to say, because his speech... At Kobe's memorial was, I mean, 
it, it was very emotional. I mean, Jordan was crying, had another, a second Jordan uh, crying meme, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought this was a dope thing to share. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's fantastic. Really more so because we're talking about uh, the heir apparent, right? To, mm-hmm. to, to whoever that, that your heirness, his highness of heir uh, <laughs> that Jordan was when he left the game, definitely there was a void there for a little bit wondering, you know, who's, who's going to be that next star um, that, you know, it's hard to say that it isn't Kobe. You know, hard, hard press to say that Kobe didn't step into that role as a shooting guard who could will his team uh, to to a championship, especially in some of the most daring. I mean, I, I it, it was rare to have more clutch shooters in the game than Kobe when the game was on the line for right. the time that Kobe excelled, you know, you know, late stage eight Kobe to into 24 Kobe. Let me ask you this. Is, is Kobe Bryant the second best shooting guard in NBA history? I mean, if you're, if we're saying Jordan is number one. That is a good question. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, just who, who, not, who are you not all shooting guards are made the same, right? Maybe I like Ray Allen, you know, um, I, I, maybe you're more of a, of a spot shooter. You like, you like the art of shooting. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. it wasn't about being the mid range game uh, that a guy like, like Kobe was giving you, but, is, I'd be hard pressed to find with what he's got five rings, uh, mm-hmm. three MVPs, three uh, uh, finals MVPs or four finals no, MVPs. Two, things, two, two finals MVPs okay. and one league MVP, if okay. I'm not mistaken. I mean, I mean, just looking at just really quick shooting guard list, I would say, like it says, Jordan, of course, Kobe, number two, Dwayne Wade, maybe number three. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. You want to put it, you can throw it, like you said, uh, Randy Ray Allen, Reggie Miller in, in there. Um, okay. AI, even though I think he was labeled as a point guard most of his career, but I still yeah. may want to put him as a shooting guard, you know? Yeah, um, I think that's who Kyrie's trying to emulate, like have the handles uh, insane and then mm-hmm. still be able to put on 50 if you need to. But I, I always felt that uh, that Allen Iverson was a shooting guard to begin with. Right, right, right. So, yeah, but yeah, this is, like I said, just wanted to share some some dope news there, Kobe. Let's move it along to the NFL, Obed. Quickly before we get to our divisional breakdown, so we got two divisions to talk to talk about tonight. The NFL is giving give the giving the okay uh, for replay changes and other rules to kind of take more effect. A lot of people are against instant replay and you know challenges and things like that. To me, why not get the call right? So that's why I wanted to bring this up. Get your your thought on it. I mean, why not? If 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 there's a dude, look at uh, what is it that that Saints playoff game against the Rams a few years back, blatant pass interference, and it wasn't called. That's because it's cheating. We all know it's cheating. They they've been screwed. Screwed the 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 last of any hope that uh, uh, Drew, Drew Brees had of going to the to the championship and winning a Super Bowl. With mm-hmm. some of the just insane, insane non-calls that the uh, Saints had to go through, right? I mean, in the following year, it was the Saints versus the Vikings with a non-call that didn't help. You know, what I mean, that didn't go their way too. You know, um, yeah. so they they admit they they brought up this uh, pass defensive pass interference penalty replay thing. They kind of got away from it last year. So I'm about if it helps get things correct, why not do it? That's my personal opinion. What's yours, yeah. Obed? 
I would agree. If it helps get things correct, you should give it a try. Uh, only if it's going to help us get things correct. I mean, you know, first they made anything after the the, the Rams issue, they made anything a, uh, a reviewable offense. And then after that, we just saw how how many of these calls weren't going to go your way because it was obvious that you're not going to get it right. Very rarely. Uh, then people started biting their biting their whistle on that one. So, you know, I mean, it's we have to all come to an agreement that what we see is, uh, has occurred and that we're going to move forward from it, but stuff's got to be called both ways. Can't right. it, like, it can't be makeup calls anymore. Right. And it can't just go to the offensive way and it can't just go to the defensive way. It has to be both sides of the, both sides of the field, you know? So I, like I said, I'm about it, you know, like as long as you get it right, then, then why not? That's, that's my, that's one of my take on it. Let's get into our divisional breakdown. First, we'll start off with the NFC East. We're going to start with the, Dallas Cowboys, the, the quote-unquote America's team. Um, they haven't been that for quite some time, in my opinion. But hey, this is a team who finished six and ten last year, and of course, it's mostly because obviously Dak Prescott suffered that horrific leg injury uh, during the season, missed most of the year. Now he did get paid this offseason. You know, he got that huge, huge contract for 160 million over four years with 126 guaranteed, the most guaranteed money in NFL history. So. The biggest, obviously, this is the biggest question of all for, for the, the, I mean, going into this year for any team, but most importantly for the Cowboys, will Dak Prescott be the same? Can he return to form a bit? Because without him leading the way, they're kind of up a creek without a paddle, for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? They've got uh, Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert backing him up, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's there's not a lot of uh, a lot of hope behind him, especially if he can't stay healthy. But we know that they're a completely different team when he's out there. You know, you, 2019 numbers. He had 4,900 yards. Zeke had 1,300 yards on the ground. Amari Cooper had almost 1,200 yards. You know, and I mean the defense wasn't much to talk about, but they were. He was on quite a clip um, as far as. Uh, his his performances would go that Dak was really the only thing keeping them alive in a lot of games. Now the offensive line has gone downhill a little bit. Um, they're going to need to make sure that they've got that bolster because that's really what both of them come down to. If you don't have time for Dak, he's not going to be a good quarterback. You don't make holes for Zeke, he's not going to be a great running back. And that goes for any offense out there. I think they can get back to it, but I just I don't believe that they're the cream of the of this division uh, and who will be vying for it at the end of the year. Really? Okay, because I'm going to say if Dak can return to form, it's a matter of now heading into the draft. It's all about the defense for me. It's cornerback. I think their first pick is, is a corner, maybe uh, Patrick Sertan, you know, linebackers, defensive end. And you, you mentioned the offensive line issues, you know, to shore that up. Of course, let, let, uh, let uh, keep feeding Zeke, you know, uh, as he has that tattoo, feed me on his stomach, which is ridiculous, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to me, it's defense first and foremost. The defense was absolutely horrible last year, right? Yeah, I can agree with you on that one. I mean, they just were not a, a they're just a porous group. I mean, even the the games that Ben Denucci had to come out here and start, you knew that defense wasn't going to give him anything backing up. Mm, exactly. Yeah. So I think they need to go defensive heavy in the first, I would say two, if not even three rounds of this, of the, of the draft that's happening next week. So, and just sure that defensive up. Cause like you said, they've got a, they've got a great squad offensively. Uh, like with that good Zeke and Amari Cooper, um, you know, so and even seat and CD lamb, of course. So they yes. can, it's great that you can put up 40 points a game, but if you give up 41, it doesn't help you. Exactly. Yep. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the New York football giants. They finished what I think what four, uh, six and 10 last year as well too. Daniel Jones is definitely taking some strides uh, in his game, but unfortunately he was without for Saquon uh, all pro safety uh, running back, excuse me, Saquon Barkley for most of the year. 
suffering that ACL injury. Um, I'm wondering, can he return to form? Because, you know, in, in ACL, it's always iffy. Yo. Some guys can come back. Some guys can't. That's just the reality of it, bro. Like, it's a very kind of, uh, I don't know, wait and see type of thing. Do you think they just kind of throw him back out into the fold? It's like, all right, you good to go. Go at it. Or do you think they hold him back a little bit by the time the season rolls around? Well, I mean, you know, especially for the running back position, it's always a few, it takes about a year removed for you to be able to feel like, excuse me, two years removed from the injury to really feel like themselves. Uh, as far as most players, you know, I think the uh, wide receivers have been coming back pretty quickly. I think Cooper Cup made a pretty miraculous response to return from his ACL injury. Um, but, you know, I think they believe in him now. They did sign Devontae Booker. Uh, I don't know what that says for bolstering the load while Saquon is not there because really the problem with this offense is that they had no run game to speak of. They had Wayne Gallman back there and he's just not an NFL ready running back. I guess don't tell that to the Niners because they've just signed him. But, um, you know, (laughs) I think depending on what's what Saquon shows is Saquon healthy enough to do the kind of things that he was using before. Mm -hmm. I would hope that he takes it easy. I don't know what his, what his other injuries history is like recovery has been like, but you know, they bet the farm on him. So he's, it's really important for him to be a part of this. For sure. I mean, yeah, this guy was the second overall pick in 2018. This guy, he's explosive. He's quick. He's, he's, and also he's strong. His leg, dude, he squats like 600 something pounds. He's just a flat out monster. You know what I mean? You know, as far as he's a freaking nature, as far as his, his body of work, you know? So, I mean, I say you hold him back. Don't even let him start the season, to be honest with you, dude. Yeah. I don't think that the Giants is a, is a football team that can, let's say, take the crown. I don't think this is a, a, a team that's ready to do a deep playoff run. There's no push. You know, Daniel Jones is still developing. The offense is, isn't bad uh, with receivers. Now, the, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They signed a receiver, Kenny Galladay, away from the Detroit Lions. You got Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. Some, a lot of young talent, even Evan Ingram at the tight end spot. Um, but I don't think this team is ready to take over the NFC East. So if I were the Giants, I would really be cautious this guy is your feature back and can be for the next 10 years. So I would be very, very cautious about throwing him out there. I mean, if you are going to throw out him out there, tell me that you've spent your first draft round draft pick on an offensive lineman that's going to be in front of them. Right. So yeah, maybe they go offensive line, you think, in the in their first round this year? I, I think it would be important for them. I mean, that one, one added piece there or two added pieces there gives you so much more confidence in what your quarterback will be able to, to excel to because this should be his mm-hmm. third year leap. Mm-hmm. And then what your running back is going to have to deal with through the course of the year if you can protect them better, you know? Uh, yep. All right. Makes sense. Makes sense to me. Uh, up next, let's go into the Philadelphia Eagles. Biggest question of all, obviously, is the quarterback position. We know we can trade it away. Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. So now it's it's in the hands. Looks like it's in the hand of Jalen Hurts. You know the um, is it is it in the hands of Jalen Hurts because Nick Sirianni came out and said that it is a quarterback competition. It is not his job. Okay, so is it so it's between Jalen and Joe Flacco? If I'm not mistaken, Joe, they did sign if, Joe if Flacco. I, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, it's between right? him and Joe Flacco. Okay, so. Is Flacco still talented enough to lead lead a team like this? Or I didn't why? think he was talented the first time when he was young. So, <laughs> well, he, he won a Super Bowl. No, I don't. So he, let's be. Let's. I mean, that seems I mean, everybody's yeah, one of those. He's, he's, but let's, let's <laughs> no, no, no. I, I got what you're saying, bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the team they just got a uh, uh, sorry to say a buttload of issues, dude. As far as the wide receiver spot, the offensive line, most yeah. importantly. I mean, they just did a horrible job of 
a job of protecting Carson Wentz the past couple of seasons. He's one of the one of the most sacked QBs in the NFL over the past two years. I think only Deshaun Watson, I think, was greater for, or maybe you know. Uh, but I mean, it's just receivers, offensive line. You 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 locked in your tight end spot with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Now I know you like Goddard. I like Ertz more, but hey. I like I like Goddard. I mean, Ertz is, Ertz is arguably the elder statesman now, right? Like, it's is hard he when he he's, I think he's like 29 years old. Now, that's obviously not, not old, old, but right. but a lot of his numbers are predicated on a lot of volume that he was getting from his favorite guy because his favorite guy didn't understand reads. His favorite guy was just like making it up as he went along because he didn't go to a big school and understand how to have a, a process. Yeah, he's, he's 30 actually now. He's 30. There you go. So, you know, I mean. He's 26. And Goddard is more is way more athletic, but we'll see it. It'll, it'll happen. Anyways, uh, I don't have faith in this, this what's going on here, because you got Nick Sirianni saying that he is gauging the competitiveness of some of the new kids with rock, paper, scissors challenges. What I am not joking america he said that he is gauging competitiveness by playing rock paper scissors with these potential draftees and some of the the younger players so we just went back to third grade all of a sudden in the nfl apparently I, I, oh but, okay i didn't know sorry <laughs> but you can't but you can't hire a black coach that's fine that's fine. okay we're gonna play rock paper scissors are gonna make, make us ready to play the nfl game that's okay, fine cool cool cool, um, cool 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 they are working on being a dumpster fire that's just my feeling right now. I think mm-hmm. that there are some pieces they can add, but even if you add those pieces, are they going to be coached up and ready with a game plan to go be successful? I don't know what Nick Sirianni is going to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. I just don't think we're going to get a lot of it. Dude, it's just like you. Yeah. I mean, obviously this first time head first year head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles here, but I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, quite of questions left to be answered here where what do they do where do they go first i think it starts i was gonna say wide receiver but now they drafted that they, they probably actually you know what they probably will go wide receiver. they could go linebacker as well too some it was reports that they could look at the the, the guy out of penn state um mm. uh michael parsons i believe it is okay, i think you know but i think you go receiver or o-line first flat out That's i think it. you go o-line you get you you do what you're doing right now with travis fulgham with uh jalen Ragor and with uh with uh dallas goddard i think those are enough hands there for one quarterback to be able to manage an offense as long as he's getting the ball out quick i think what you do is you focus on protecting that offensive line or excuse protecting your and again you're not if you don't get an offensive lineman you're mm-hmm. saying you know uh you're taking an l on miles uh excuse me um miles sanders Miles Sanders, excuse me, yes, uh, who you just spent draft pick on, hoping to have him be the future of your of your offense. They have so many young pieces. They're going to they be do. much like the 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 next team we're going to talk about. They have so many young pieces. They need a quarterback. They need an offensive line, and they just need time. Yeah, you're no hundred percent right. They need time as well too. They're not ready in any sort of sort of fashion to kind of take over that division at any at all. I mean. No. Yeah, I, I, like I said, it is reported, you know, looking at several different mock drafts, they could go a linebacker out of Penn State, Michael Parsons. I don't think they should. I think they need to address the wide receiver and the offensive lineman positions in this first round or, or either one in the first round, being that they traded back. They originally started, I believe, at the sixth spot. They traded back and now they're at 12. So they got some, they got, they got some picks out of it. So we'll see how that goes for them there. Uh, next up is the Washington football team who signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, the veteran journeyman who has played on more teams than there is in the NFL. 
<laughs> um, I don't know really where Washington goes in here. Yes, they won their division last year, but it wasn't much of a division to win. It was probably one of the worst divisions in all of football in quite some time. If not the history of. Right. There you go. Um, the defense, though, was really what held him in. Rookie Chase Young was just a flat-out beast. That dude is the real deal holy field, son. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he is yeah. 100% the guy there. But I think offensively, I don't think Ryan – obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the long-term answer. I just don't think they could get anyone else, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, draft-wise, do you go offensive lineman first? Do you go, you know, a position, a positionary player? I don't, I really don't know where they go with this one, Obed. So I'll say this, if, as far as a core nucleus goes, I think they're doing pretty well there. Um, I mean, this is a team that potentially has three top 10 players at their position, right? They have uh, uh, Terry McLaurin, fantastic wide receiver, could push to whoa, be a whoa, top whoa. 10. You think he, Terry McLaurin is a top 10 wide receiver? I think Terry McLaurin is a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to disagree with you, but get, get, continue, that's, one, that's one. Yeah. Continue. Then they've got uh, Antonio Gibson who could be, I think he could be a top 10 running back in this league. Wow. Yeah. Then they've got Logan Thomas, who I think could be a top five tight I, end. in this I league. do like Logan Thomas. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then you have quite the the offensive line there right now and the defensive line there right now if you were to add another offensive line piece and a quarterback who's not afraid to sling the ball with time to wide receivers by the name of uh terry mclaurin uh and excuse me they just signed curtis samuel as well so that gives them another piece that can actually attack your defense this team could win the nfc east again this team with ryan that's not saying much Obed. come on it's not it's not saying much but imagine if they did it with eight or nine wins, I think we would at least be like, okay, there were a couple games that the Washington football team was in last year that they lost, that they probably could have won. And some games that they were just completely out of. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that like this team has the nucleus to like, keep adding again, Ron Rivera doesn't coach bad teams. He always gets talent and he always coaches them up well. And they're basically about to be the, you know, the Washington uh, Panthers, you know, or the, the, <laughs> dc carolina i don't know um <laughs> but but they have the pieces i think uh to to you know make some noise to actually to to continue but again game. dude it's not much to say when it's the nfc east you know like it's, i said it's to me it's gonna be yeah. between it's gonna be between them and that dallas that's it quite yeah. i don't think the giants are ready uh and philly is just uh they're they're toe up from the flow up you know what Hold I mean? on, but, but what does what does washington do that Dallas does not play defense. And you just said that you cannot win games putting up 40 and giving up 41. You're right. You're right. You know, no, so, they, they could win the division, but again, they finished seven and nine last year and they won the division. They almost, they, they damn near won it at six and 10, you know, the Cowboys, you yeah. know, so, yeah, yeah, you know, so that's all, that's all I'll say about it. But as far as the draft is concerned, do they go offensive line? Uh, do they even heck do they go Q, QB? I don't know. I mean, they're, they're I think, having, I think you they're recognize at nine, they're that. at 19. Ugh. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think what they want to do is either trade out of the first round and pick up a first rounder next year and still get an offensive lineman high in the second round or okay. late in the first round. Okay, and just they know what they brought in Fitzpatrick for come in here and be Fitz Magic. We're never going to take you out. 
And if we do take you out, we'll put in Taylor Heineke, but neither of you guys are going to be the quarterback next year. Go out here and win some games. Go out here and make it work. We don't know if we'll keep Terry McLaurin after this year. It's a one-year thing, and Curtis Samuels is signed for three years, so I don't know if you're going to replace Terry McLaurin with Curtis Samuel or you're going to get another wide receiver in the draft. I just know that there are going to be some decisions they're going to have to make, but protecting the quarterback, creating running lanes, and running the offense is paramount to their success, and it's going to come from the offensive line, and I think that's where they're going to focus. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Sounds good, my friend. Let's go into our next division up, the NFC West. Uh, We're going to start out with the Arizona Cardinals, um, who made lots of noise this offseason. They finished 8-8 eight eight last year, just missing the playoffs. But, man, they made a huge – the two biggest things, of course, was the signing of J.J. Watt, who longtime Texan finally asked for his release, and they granted it. And they also picked up A.J. Green. This is flat-out phenomenal. Correct me if I'm wrong. Had Larry, has Larry Fitzgerald officially retired – he has not, so he is going to be on that team, and they're going to be five wide with 3,000-yard receivers and Christian Kirk. Ooh, my goodness. Because I don't see Larry Fitzgerald on the actual active roster. Maybe did it, his, was his contract expired? He just hasn't resigned, resigned yet? I mean, yeah, I think I they're doing like a one-year-to-year kind of thing. Okay, but Kyler Murray is going to have a field day now with D-Hop, A.J. Green, Fitzgerald, although he's a he's a he's a seasoned player at this point, but and you said Christian Kirk, dude, they're going air raid all day. Chase this Edmonds a, can catch as well, that running back mm-hmm. out of the backfield, but he's gonna have to split some time because they just signed James Conner. Connor, right. This team looks like they are poised to kind of make a run, you know, maybe finish. They went eight and eight, maybe let me go 10 and six next season, uh, you know, 11 and five, you know, I don't see them winning uh, the NFC or anything like that, hmm. but I do see them moving forward. Uh, I think uh, uh, the head coach, his name would lose me now. I'm from uh, Cliff Kingsbury. There we go. Okay. Cliff Kingsbury. I, he's got this team headed in the right direction. Obed, uh, especially on the offensive side. I mean, defensively, of course, you got J.J. Watt, as I mentioned, Chandler Jones, Isaiah Simmons, the rookie, the second-year guy coming out of, out of Clemson from last year, Buda Baker, Malcolm Butler, who came over from Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. Dude, this, this Arizona squad is not a bad squad right now, dude. Arizona looks like a team that will make some noise next year, right? Yeah, I think it'll make some noise, but they definitely need to focus on bolstering that defense. You know, Patrick Peterson is getting old. Yeah, you brought over Malcolm Butler, but he was a bit of a swinging fence. That's the reason why they let him go out of uh, Titans, or excuse me, uh, second retread Patriots land. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh, I think they have a very strong core nucleus. You know, Kyler Murray's the most elusive quarterback, but that doesn't mean force him to like dodge hits all day long. Like, let's get an offense offensive line out there. Let's get some actual mm-hmm. like standard plays for him to run. I expect him to throw for greater than forty five hundred yards next year. I think he should be able to improve, especially with adding those pieces to the offense. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can do. Right. Yeah. And as far as the drafts is concerned, I know like you mentioned to you. Um, Peterson's getting a little older, so maybe they go corner first up um, and they kind of start out with there. Uh, who else? Where else they go? Maybe go Maybe go to kind of sure, like you said, that offensive line as well, yeah. too. If they could go it, tight end as well. I mean, I don't think Dan Arnold is, you know, beating down the doors for them. It would nicely have, a, like, an athletic safety valve for a golden elusive quarterback. Right. I think they've got the 16th pick in the round one, so mm. 
Mock drafts are looking like they're going to pick J.C. Horn out of uh, South Carolina, the, cor- the cornerback there. So okay. I, think that's, I think that's the way to go for them. And then in the second round, maybe go offensive line lineman to pick Kyler Murray. But the Cardinals are on the rise, folks. Don't sleep on the Cardinals. They are on the rise. Next up is the L.A. Rams. Uh, biggest thing for them this offseason, they traded for quarterback Matthew Stafford. Surely an upgrade from Jared Goff. And I think you would agree with me there, Obed. How much better does this make the Rams? And really, you know, can the biggest thing is, you know, can he lead them to a title? You know, uh, that's, I mean, that's the thing. The Rams, who were in the playoffs last year, it's pretty much, you know, and not too far removed from being in the Super Bowl, right? To yep. me, it's for the Rams, it's title or bust, no? I would agree. I, I would agree with you. I mean, considering what they gave up to get him, you know, and how much they've leveraged the future, they gave up, they gave up a whole lot of picks uh, for Jared Goff and they gave up a whole lot of picks for now their next quarterback, um, which just seems, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it. It ain't good. It ain't good. <laughs> and McVay, you know, he's running on borrowed time here where like, if it doesn't work now, they're going to be in a bad place financially. They're going to be a bad place within the draft. They won't have a first round draft pick to like 2025 or something like oh that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's so dicey. have defenses really figured out this Sean McVay style offense, the McVay offense. I mean, because it didn't work as much as it did the year before they had a terrible offensive line last year. I mean, their their best uh, offensive lineman was like Joe Havistein. I think he's a, he's definitely not the player that he once was or Andrew Whitworth or one of those guys. I think they just have, you know, they did not have a solid offensive line. They had so many missing hurt injured pieces. I mean, maybe they'll look differently with a healthy line. You know, that's why I have them pick to pick some offensive linemen in this draft. Like it just is so many teams in the NFL that just their problem was that they could not protect their quarterback. And, you know, a majority of those teams are actually in the NFC West, you know, to, 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 you know, call it crazy. Like uh, you think of Russell, Wilson up in Seattle he's trying to leave Seattle because they won't protect him they won't spend money on offensive line they sent his offensive lineman Russell Okun over to the uh, Saints in exchange for Jimmy uh, uh, um, I can't remember his name not wheelchair Jimmy Stu uses sky Jimmy Graham (laughs) excuse me Jimmy Graham yeah, oh yeah yeah from years you back. know right, so yeah. it's it's and you know they maybe they didn't move for andre's pete it would have been it would have made more sense but you know it's it's it, it is what it is i just think that um the most important thing for them is to be healthy across the offensive line so that they can do the things they kind of do because they have the weapons there right they have the cooper cup they have the robert woods they have uh the uh tyler yeah. higby They've got Deshaun Jackson now. It's not Deshaun Jackson now. And if he just needs him to run the fly routes that they were running, then you've got plenty. That's all I need you to do. Clear out some space. Give me some Mm -hmm. open air for the rest of the guys. And Matthew Stafford can throw the rock. We know that, dude. Yes. A lot of times they just didn't have a guy that can make the throws. So they need a guy that can make the throws. And now Stafford, they can stretch the field with Deshaun Watson, give it to Cup cup underneath. You know, I like Tyler Higby coming out of the tight end spot. Um, You know, Andrew Whitworth on the offensive line. Obviously, of course, you know, there's Aaron Donald on the on the defense, Jalen Ramsey, one of the top defenses in the, in the league. I think don't, I think the Rams can easily win this division next year again uh, and make it easy to run. They finished 10 and 6 last year with Matthew Stafford. I think they can go 12 and 4, to be honest with you. Uh, I think so, they'll go 11 and 5. I just I need to see it work. I need Stafford to stay healthy. Um, that's the thing. He's always beat up, dude. Yeah. He's and you're gonna, always beat up. You're going to be on the run with those defenses out in the NFC West. Yep, yep. Next up is the Seahawks, which you mentioned quite a little bit ago, you know, with Russell Wilson. Is he sticking around, Obed? I mean, or 
Couldn't he end up being traded? What, what do you think? I just think if it does happen, it'll happen on draft day. I just think it'll cost way too much to do so. Um, and he won't go to a place that won't protect him. I know he wanted to go to Chicago. I know he wanted to go to Las Vegas. Excuse right. I, I just, yeah, Chicago's out. Yeah. Chicago's out. Dallas is out. We know. I don't think he's going to go to Vegas. You know, yeah. it's going to be something to see. Man, obviously going to be following this story closely from, you know, this offseason. But I think he stays in Seattle. I really do. I the, des- he- the destinations he wanted to go that he could potentially win are, are, are done now. So that's why I say, I think he stays in Seattle. I think he does. And he they should have went out to, he should have went to Washington, honestly. Really? Yeah. He should have went to Washington. This obviously it makes them better, but he is a type. He, he, he needs to, he wants to win though. Washington's too, uh, too much of a, a, a project for him you know what i mean he wants to win they're not poised to win now which is what are just adding him you know I, I just feel like if they could be more decisive defensive offensively that gives more leeway for the defense to do the kind of things that they want to do with a young chase young you know like i, I just feel like that's what he needs he needs to be with a young and hungry defense that can focus on playing defense because the offense is taken care of hmm if you could take offensively that issue off of the table for them, because look at how good they look. Alex Smith was healthy and playing for them last year before he got injured two years ago, excuse me. You know, if if they can get some points on the board and consistently get points and know that we'll respond or, and, and that defense will get the ball back for you. And then we can run the clock effectively. I think that, and it's the the NFC East that, that it's always in disarray. The team that's supposed to win can't ever pull it through, you know? You're right, no, you're right, you're right, you know? But with the Seahawks, I mean, they've only got three picks in this year's draft, you know? So it's going to be tough for them to kind of really bolster their their roster unless they make some deals. So, but I think you go, if you can, you go offensive line and you maybe even go cornerback uh, for the Seahawks. Yeah. You're thinking what all line one receiver and running back? Is that it? I think they I need don't, I don't think you go receiver. You've got Metcalf and uh Lockett, right? But that's it. Like what do you have behind those guys, right? Like they didn't have a third wide receiver. Yes, they David Moore, but they didn't have a third wide receiver there to like be the target when they're double coveraging the only two guys that Russell Russell cooking is him getting the ball out to either uh, uh, DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. That's it. Once you shut those guys down, if they can't run the ball, nobody else is getting the ball. Okay. All right. So we'll see what happens with them. And the last up is San Francisco 49ers made some definitely big news a few weeks back by trading up to get the number three pick in this year's draft. Obviously it seems like it's a four, it's a pretty much a foregone conclusion that they're going QB, but it's not a foregone conclusion. Who is the QB that they're going to be picking? It's pretty much going to be between uh, Ohio state's Justin Fields and Alabama's Mac Jones. To me, it should be Justin Fields. I think to me, I think he's the second best quarterback in this draft. Uh, one of the top five, not top 10 players in the entire draft. Um, I, like I said, I've been high on Justin Fields for years now. I've, I've, I've made it known. I've been, you know, following his kids' careers ever since high school. He's got, he's got, he's got that it factor. I like his moxie, so to speak. Um, who do you think the 49ers look at number three? Is it Fields or is it Jones? It's got to be Fields. I mean, I think you need the, the multi-dynamic, especially in that offense. Having Kyle Shanahan, one, right? A Kyle Shanahan offense where, like, he can then run the offense in kind of a light of the pistol that 
the Niners ran when Kaepernick was there. You know, okay. like okay. that deadly athletic quarterback who can actually sling the ball this time mm. would be a game changer for that offense for the kind of lanes, the zone blocking scheme they want to run. I can, and knowing that you have a home run hitter and Raheem Mostert or Angel Michael hasty as well as another banger between the tackles, you imagine that the entire defense is going to bite to the, the, the fake handoff to the inside runner who's supposed to go off and, and go for a run excuse my language mm-hmm. uh and you can just leak out to the outside with a uh, a young buck like justin fields and then find somebody in the open field i mean i, I just it's hard for me to believe that you're going to go the mac jones route um yeah he is a, an efficient quarterback who's going to make things happen but he seems to need to be around studs mm-hmm. and he seems to need to be around i don't know what it's going to look like for him and can he i'm sure he can pick up an, an nfl offense and if there's a guy out there i pick for a bust i'm picking trevor lawrence if i have to pick a guy that can wow. bust, i'm picking trevor lawrence. really 100 percent. why, I, why? I, okay because, let's, get, let's get into that <laughs> i mean yeah. damn why why so every if all intents and purposes every analyst every reporter every coach is saying you know and i've seen him play you've seen him play trust trevor lawrence is the real deal he is the pro style typical quarterback you want he has been he's been his career has been taken off since grade school if i'm not mistaken you know why do you think that he could be a bust i just think that he's going to go into a bad situation and then they're going to try to make him do everything to pull them out of it and that's not going to work they're giving him the the Ryan Leaf treatment right now. This kid is not ready to come out here and go stand on top of the pile of hot garbage that is the Jacksonville Jaguars and make them successful. So, <laughs> you know, it, Justin Fields goes to California and sits with an offensive mind who already has proven he's an offensive mind at every place that he's played at. Right. One with this with the uh, Washington football team, a Super Bowl appearance when he was down with the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, and a Super Bowl appearance when he was here with the, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, let me go get drafted by them. I think I'll be a lot more successful than the kid going to Jacksonville. True, true. I mean, you know, you're right, but – so let me get into two points here. Now you're right. They're going to throw in basically they're throwing Trevor Lawrence to the wolves in downtown Jacksonville uh, with no talent around him at all whatsoever. They've got urban Meyer's got a lot of work to do over there, but kind of to your point of San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. I think it's definitely a good look. I don't think you need to start, even start Justin Fields right away. No. You can sit the bench the entire year, learn. Uh, or until Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured and then right. just becomes a starter. Okay, right, exactly right. So then what do they heck or or do okay, let me ask you this. Do you think that they actually will bring in Justin Fields? If they do they do draft Justin Fields, do you think he's a starter day one? If so, what happens to Jimmy G at that point? He's not a starter day one. The twenty five million that they paid to Jimmy G is more than enough of a good insurance so the kid can sit and learn. Mm-hmm. Sit, I'm telling you. I don't care if you drafted him high. All of these quarterbacks who sat and learned have carried the NFL into the future. Sure, I'm a to- firm believer in that. Yes, I will co-sign that 100%. Oh, ben. I'm a firm believer of not throwing these kids out immediately because some of them get overwhelmed and it's too much of them. Why not let them learn? Look at Aaron Rodgers, the perfect example. Sat for almost four years behind Brett Favre. And now he's toted as one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen, just arm talent-wise, you know? 
Tom Brady sat the bench. Drew Brees Tom. sat the bench. Right. Not everybody can go out here and start like Peyton Manning, uh, like, did, like Peyton but, Manning did, you know. But, but you know, he went three and 13 his first year, you know. And Peyton Manning only has two rings, one of which he actually played any real time on. So let's keep, let's keep it 100. Um, you know, that there's going to be more that goes into it, especially now with everything that's on the line. Um, I, I think it would behoove him to just be able to sit and watch and learn and see and get the timing down and get the understanding down. And then if Jimmy Grappolo goes down for the kid out there, you know, if we're right six and six, Jimmy goes down, throw the kid out there. The kid might take us off into the playoffs. Yeah. You never know. So it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I think they go fields, but I've heard rumblings on news networks and things that they could be looking at Jones you know, this is the guy that they wanted all along, but they kind of just went out and took a look at Justin Fields again for the second at his second pro day, just to kind of fall intensive, just for to show face, for lack of yeah. a better term, you know. But I think the right move, especially in that in that Shanahan offense, is for Justin Fields. Yeah. But well, folks, that is going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. Um, so glad you're tuned in once again, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. We appreciate you joining in. Um, Obed, really quick, anything else for the people before we head out? I appreciate the opportunity to come in here and bless you all with our lyrical stylings. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to seeing what the future has to bring. Yeah, man. Um, and like we talked about in the very beginning of the show, a good day in America yesterday. Justice, it seems like it has prevailed. And and hopefully this continues to work if if and when this this kind of thing happens. We hope it doesn't happen again anymore. We don't want to see un, unarmed, unarmed uh, men or women, whether they're black, white, Asian, whatever the case may be, is go down through the senseless violence by, by police or, or anyone for that matter. But if The police does, are not supposed to be killing you, whether you're guilty or not. The police are not supposed to be killing you. Right, right. But, you know, like I said, good day, justice. Seems like it has been served, and we'll continue to strive for that, first and foremost, for everyone. Um, folks, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at the WWENT. For Obed, I'm Sherm. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.